All right, this is our fourth week of this series, and so we're going to jump into Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, as we read this morning. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your—that is not right. All right. Hey, there we go. All right. We're going to try this again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It only took me two tries to read the Bible today, and so I get to tell you about the theme of our day, which is uh, strive for excellence, um, which <laughs> this is how my week is going to go, I think. Um, we are in this series, Knowing God, Growing Together, and Reaching Out. This is the last week we have in this series, um, and what we've been talking about are these words, which are the words of our mission statement. Um, they're big on the wall outside. They're, they're a part of who we are. It's our mission statement or our mission is who, where we believe God is calling us to go over these next few years. But we've begun to, um, and so we've begun to ask these questions. If we were going to get there, what are some of the things that we would use as ways of keeping us on track? And so the first three weeks of this series have been that. We've talked about these three. Focus on Jesus, build relationships, and choose to serve. That we want to focus on who Jesus is in our lives. We want to build relationships with people around us. And we want to make sure that in all circumstances, uh, when, we get, when we're given the choice to be served or to serve, we want to be able to serve others. Because we really believe, as we said last week, that that brings the kingdom of God here to earth. But this week, I want to talk about our fourth one. And in order to do that, I want to show you a picture because I think sometimes we get into these things. Maybe you've had an experience like this, but this was pulled off of Yelp, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, but sometimes you walk up to a hotel or a restaurant and you'll see a sign on the door and it has a way of indicating to you the experience you're about to have. This says, door doesn't work, please use other door. Maybe you've been there. I certainly have been. I've had experiences where I've looked at a sign like this and I knew exactly how my stay or how my meal was probably going to go. Sometimes I've seen the sign on the door and I, I, I've run away. I just was like, I'm not doing this. I'm out of here. I'm going another direction. But um, when I was 19, I worked for YouthWorks, uh, which is a group that runs high school mission trips. Uh, some of you are familiar because a bunch of our students have been on YouthWorks trips over the last couple years. And we were sent to travel um, from from uh, Minneapolis out to Wyoming. And so we had a, a stipend to stay in a hotel that first night. Now, when you travel for business, your stipend to stay in a hotel is usually generous enough to get you a nice hotel. But when you travel as a 19-year-old working for a, an organization that runs high school mission trips, your stipend is considerably smaller Nothing is an appropriate word, but um, we had a few dollars, and so we were in South Dakota. We were in a little town called Sturgis, not during a rally, and as we got there, we went up to this hotel, and we figured out that we had a hotel that we could afford to stay in, and so our, our boss for the summer went in and rented two hotel rooms, and we went into these two rooms, and I got out, because this was 2002, I got out my prepaid calling card, 
You remember these things? If you're under the age of 27, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But a prepaid calling card, and I picked up the phone, and I was going to call home to tell them that I was safe, and I was, you know, there, and this was a good thing, and we were going to be, we were in a good place. You know, I wasn't really going to tell them the condition of the hotel room, but that was all right. Um, And there was no dial tone. And I thought, that's weird. And so I went and I tried it again one more time and I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this calling card. And, and, and I pick up the phone again a little bit later and there's no dial tone. And I'm going, that's so odd. So I go down to the front desk and I said, I picked up the phone and there's no dial tone. And the nice person who was working at the front desk explained to me that in order to save money, the hotel only had one phone line for guests. And so if somebody was on the phone, it killed the dial tone in all the other phones in the hotel. And I had to wait for that phone to be available. And I went, really? That was then that I decided that I was going to go ahead and sleep in my sleeping bag on top of my bed and wait for morning to be able to go home. Because when you experience things that tell you that there's something wrong, you tend to make a judgment about all the other stuff that's going on. You see a sign like this and you go, this is bad. Nobody's thinking about what should happen here. They're just sort of trying to survive. They might care, but this is not the first impression that we would get. Um, And in any circumstance, wherever we're going, there are always things that we see that indicate how much is invested in a place, an organization, whatever it is, how much people are investing in that. And there are always clues right at the front. How much do people care? And how much are they investing in what's going on? Doing things well— Doing things well for others is something God calls us to do. In fact, when Luther talked about it, he said, don't forget that whatever you do, do your best at it. He said, the goal of the Christian shoemaker is to make the best shoes, not to just make little shoes with crosses on them to say this one's Christian, but instead to do your best for other people. And I think that God calls us to do our best for one another and to be able to offer our best gifts to each other. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, it says this, Whatever your task, put yourselves into it, as done for the Lord and not for your masters. Since you know that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward, you serve the Lord Christ. And I always think this is really an interesting scripture. Do it as for the Lord and not as for your masters. We don't get that until we go, oh, I get that. It's like when you own something versus when you just work for somebody. When you just work for somebody, you say, you know what, I'll just, I'll put in my best. But when you do it for somebody who you love and you respect, you'll do much better work. When I had teachers in school, when I had professors in college and seminary that I really thought the best of, I would put in my best work. And when there were, when there were professors that seemed like they were phoning it in, it was amazing how hard it was to do rewrites on papers and do your best work. Because we do better work for people for whom we love and respect and honor. Paul says this, that we should bring our very best to God. That we should bring the best that we have and the best that we can offer to who God is. Does that mean we're called to be perfect? No. But it does mean that it calls us to offer what we can be. If we have a skill, we can bring it to what God is doing in the world, which brings us to this fourth strategy that we're going to talk about. And let me read this for you. It says this, we will strive for excellence because excellence honors God and inspires people. 
We are not going to strive for perfection. In fact, the church is always a work in progress, and we're always figuring it out together. But we want to offer the best that we can as a church. We want to bring our best to God. And I think we'd all say that we hope our community honors God. We hope that what we do together honors God. We hope people are inspired. And so we want to honor God, and we want to inspire people. That's what church should be. It should be one of those things. I hope you don't come here and go, God, I survived an hour. <sighs> now, if, you're, if you have a 13-year-old who says that all the time, please just know that's normal for a 13-year-old. But it's just one of those things. I was 13. I survived church. It's how it worked. But, but the reality is, is that we, want, we don't want that to just be what we do, that we do what we can to sort of get through so that we can get to tomorrow and the next day, or we can get to whatever happens to come next. There's no football to watch today. I mean, there's the Pro Bowl, but there's no football to watch today. And so um, we want to make sure that this is something that we do that matters and that we offer our best to. But here's the thing. When I read those words, there's something that bristles inside of me. There's something that says, but that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Excellence? Really? There's something, I think, inside a lot of us, as we've talked through these with the leadership team, that's the word that we bumped up on. And we, I've tried to figure out, honestly, I've tried to figure out a hundred other ways that we could say this exactly right. And then I began to ask this question, is it faithful to God to say that we want to strive for excellence? Is it faithful to God to be able to say, this is who we want to be and this is what we want to do? Because sometimes if we're trying to figure out well, is this me growing, or is this God saying that's not right? We can go back to the scriptures and say, well, what does it say about this? And so in Malachi 1, God asks the priests a question. The priests have been bringing their sacrifices to God. This is what the priests did. But in Malachi 1, through the prophet Malachi, God begins to ask a question to these priests. Here's the question that he asks. A son honors his father and servants their master. If then I am a father, where is the honor due me? And if I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts, O priests, who despise my name? And you say, how have we despised your name? Now, we can get this. Children honor their parents. This was just, honestly, maybe it was a foregone conclusion in the time. It's not always a foregone conclusion. But for the most part, children honor their parents. This is what we believe that we're called to do. We honor one another. We care for one another because we want to bring honor to the people who love us and have raised us and have done their best for us. I want to honor my dad still as best I can, and I usually speak about him in, in honorable ways anytime I can. This is a given for Malachi. Children are supposed to honor their parents, but then God puts this wrinkle in it. He says, I'm your dad. I'm your dad will you honor me? And the priests go, we have been honoring you. We've been doing what you've called us to do. We sacrifice all the time. How have we not been honoring God? The priests ask. How have we not been honoring your name, our Father who we serve? The priests want to know what they've done wrong. And that's when, that's when God offers these words. How have they dishonored me? By offering polluted food on my altar. And you say, how have we polluted it? By thinking that the Lord's table would be despised. As it turns out, the priests have been sacrificing to God, but only with the stuff that nobody else would want. 
they've been going to the flock of sheep. They had to offer a sheep. So they've been going to the flock of sheep, and they've been looking at it, and they've been saying, well, this one's kind of sick, and no one would probably want to buy it and eat it. So why don't we bring it to the temple and use that one? And they've been going to the food, and they've been looking at the spread of food behind them. And they've been saying, well, this food is good, but, you know, this stuff is probably going rotten. So why don't we bring that to the altar and bring that to God? God's mad. God's upset because they've been bringing him kind of the leftovers. That last little bit of what's been going on. And I know we're not supposed to say in church, because church is supposed to be nice, that God gets mad. But God gets, like, for real mad at the priests. Just as a side note, because this is fun, the priests seem to be the people who God is the maddest at most of the time in Scripture, which scares me. All right, we're going to go back for just a moment. <laughs> but he, he's looking at these priests who are supposed to be his people who are serving him. And they're supposed to be bringing him the best that they can. And they're kind of going, well, nobody wants this. Here, God, why don't you have it? It's not a big deal anyway, is it? But it turns out that God's upset. He thinks this is a reflection of how they feel about him. And he might be right. I think it is. You see, when we offer God our best, we give God the honor he deserves. When we offer God our best, we give God the honor that he deserves. We've told this story before a couple times as a congregation. If you're new, maybe you—I haven't told it maybe in a couple years or something like that. But there's, there are stories about parents— who, who take kids' art projects and they put them on a shelf in their office. And it's amazing to realize for some kids, 15, 20, 30 years later, you're grown, you have a career, you walk into your parents' office and you look on the shelf and there it is, this ashtray that you made when you were six or seven. Usually it's well out of place with anything else that, that, that's in the room. And you know instantly why it's there. Because the person who put it there loves the creator more than they love the project. They love that kid who made it for them more than they really care about it, what it looks like or what it does. It's beautiful in their sight, and they honor it. When we honor the creation, we honor the creator. When we honor the thing that's made, we honor the God who made it. And so it's kind of amazing to think about these things, that when we offer God our best, we give the honor he deserves because we say, you know what, these are gifts that God has given us. Life and breath and ability and wisdom and, and all the creativity that we have, these are things that God has given us. Whether your gift is that you can pour concrete or you can teach people, or you can understand how buildings work, or you can understand how leases work. Believe me, over the last few months, people who understand how to negotiate a land deal with a cell phone company became incredibly valuable in this congregation. It was, and some people are like, I never thought I would use this for the church. You will. <laughs> Believe me, the gift that you have is something that we're going to bump up against. And the genius of people who are saying, I can do this and I understand this is amazing because when we offer God our best and we say, well, we're going to use this in order to glorify God, in order to do these things, we can see the way that God can use us. I mean, try the opposite. Try saying it in your head. It doesn't matter that much. It's only for God. It just doesn't work when we say that. It, you know, it doesn't matter if it's good or if we do a good job. It's only for God, so it's not that big a deal. Instead, I think Solomon got it right when he said this. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all of your produce. 
Then the barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is how God calls us to honor him, to bring who we are and what we do, the way that we can pour into others, and the way that we can bless God's name in our workplaces, in our communities. We bring our best, and we trust that God has good things for us. We bring the best of who we are, and we say that God has good things for us. This is how we believe that excellence honors God. But the question is, what about the other side? Why do we want to inspire people? We know a God that inspires us, because there's two parts to what we said. We said that excellence honors God, but excellence also inspires people. Why does it matter that people are inspired by God? We know a God that inspires us, and we want to do all we can to reflect that God. Though, here, here's what the psalmist said in, in Psalm 65. Those who live at earth's farthest bounds are awed by your signs. You make gateways of the morning and the evening shout for joy. If we're God's representatives, we want our church to reflect that. Those who live at the earth's finest bounds are awed by your signs. You and I are signs of God's love. We're signs of who God has made us to be and who God has called us to be. We're God's representatives here on earth. And so if this is who God is, this is what we want our community to reflect. Is there any greater joy than watching people do things well? Is there any greater joy than watching people do what they were created to do? It's unbelievable. And you and I, we were created to praise. We were created to praise God with our hands and with our hearts and with our voices and with our whole selves. And each one of us is created differently in unique ways, to do things in incredibly different ways from the person who is next to you. I'm telling you, I am not created to sing. This is not what I'm created to do. I'm created to sing in a choir, because like a mentor of mine often says, I don't bring beauty to music, I bring volume. I'm good at loud. And so I can be in a community and sing, but you can't put a microphone in front of me and listen to me go. That's not what I'm for. But I was created to do a few things. And I believe that when I'm using them, that God is glorified. And I'm telling you, as much as you're, you might even say this, I don't know what I'm created for, I'm telling, I'm telling you, the people around you know what you love to do and what inspires you. And it's simply figuring out how do you connect that with blessing others and serving God. This is what we're wired for. And the more we can inspire each other to do this, the more amazing we'll see this community become. The more amazing, the more amazingly you'll see that the beauty that you experience in this place continues to grow. The joy of relationship that's built throughout these hallways does. And the way that this community serves and blesses will continue to grow. We believe excellence inspires people. We really, really do. Our dream is actually this, that when we use our best gifts to glorify God, we see his best work in our world. God doesn't call us to be perfect, but he wants the best of who we are and what we do. What is our best? What can we offer? Our commitment as a church with this, with this statement is this, that we will rethink, we will analyze, and we will evaluate 
we will work at continuing to honor God with our best. We'll do that together. We'll talk about how we can improve and grow, and we'll do that on our own. Because we are committed to saying this, that we want God to be honored in this place, and we want to inspire one another. So um, we're going to put this, this statement on here, and I'd love for you to read this with me today as we finish this up. We will strive for excellence because excellence honors God and inspires people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are inspired by you, that you give us your best, your son Jesus, your love, your grace, your power, and all the amazing things that we've seen through you in our lives. We pray that who we are as a community would reflect that, and we pray that we would spur each other on to have a vision for how we can honor you and inspire those around us. We give thanks that you have given us a vision for all that you've seen. And we pray with these four core values that you would lead us forward and let this church continue to honor you with all we are. We pray these things in Jesus' name and together God's people said, amen.